This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Oh yeah, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, April 5th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who needs just one Final Four buzzer beater winner to tie Jalen Suggs in that category. His name is Jason Shepard. Look, he's not that much further than me. He's just got one more than I do, okay? So we're like this. All you need is a (laughs) 40-footer in the Final Four to beat UCLA in one of the most dramatic finishes in NCAA tournament basketball history. What what an unbelievable game, first and foremost, and then finish. Okay, so i got to tell you this quick story. Okay, so Saturday night, Mm -hmm. I am in our hotel... Uh, in the it, near Santa Clara, because I was I was in Santa Clara with baseball. Yes. So game was over. We were all back at the hotel. So I'm laying in bed watching the game. Okay. And <laughs> I will always remember this shot. Like this this next thing will always follow when I think about this shot. So for whatever reason, the TV that I was watching must must have been a little behind. Oh boy. Whoever was behind me <laughs> also watching the game. Because all of a sudden at the very end I hear this just the whole room, so I'm assuming it was other players. Uh-huh. The whole room going, "Ah!" Like the whole thing started shaking. I'm like, "What's going on?" And then I, like 3 seconds later, then I then I saw it. Uh-huh. But I, I had a little bit of a preview that something <laughs> exciting was about to happen because <laughs> I could hear it in the hotel. Spoiler. Ah! <laughs> it was going to make it. It was awesome though. It was what a what a shot oh. and look he has cemented himself yes. as an all-time great Zag in one year. A- oh my! In, in his only Absolutely. year, he will be there. Absolutely, what just—it was unbelievable. I loved going back and listening to all of the different calls that happened. I heard one in Russian. I heard one in Spanish. I heard the radio call from our guy Tom, who's the Gonzaga play-by-play yeah. guy. I heard the uh, ESPN international feed of course Jim Nance and CBS you know I just it was so fun to go back and hear that moment from so many different perspectives oh what a Saturday night yeah it was unbelievable very rarely do you get a game like that like back and forth the whole game the whole game so close so the game the game was great yeah then you have a finish like that to a game like that okay it's unbelievable so Baylor and Gonzaga, the game we wanted to happen earlier in the season right. that got postponed because of COVID issues, is now happening. The two perceived best teams. And UCLA was the hottest team in America, right. and it took that from Gonzaga to knock out the team that seemingly could not lose in the tournament. Yeah. That was fantastic. National Championship Monday, yes, at the NCAA tournament. Are all of you across BYU Sports Nation all in on rooting for the Zags? You won't believe who isn't. <gasps> Speaking of tournaments, BYU women's volleyball know their seating and path to another sweet, sweet 16 or maybe beyond. The Cougars head coach Heather Olmstead will join us to discuss tourney time. Plus, BYU football wide receivers coach Fessy Satake on what type of impact he expects the Nakua brothers to make on Cougar football in 2021. And has Zach Wilson already become the most beloved current pro athlete with BYU ties? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
Women's volleyball receiving a 16 seed and a first round bye in the upcoming NCAA tournament. BYU will face the winner of the Ryder-UCLA matchup on Thursday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Omaha, Nebraska. All of the matches will be in Omaha. Head coach Heather Olmstead, as Spencer mentioned, will join the program a bit later on in the show. BYU softball head coach Gordon Eakin earns his 700th career win as the guy in charge of the softball Cougars. BYU sweeping number 25 Baylor over the weekend, a huge series for BYU. Two wins on Saturday, 7-5 and 7-5. Eakin, by the way, holds the highest number of wins among active BYU head coaches. The Cougars hit seven combined home runs in that series sweep. Balls were flying out of Miller Park. It was amazing. Number two men's volleyball beats USC 3-1 on senior night. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the Cougars with 13 kills, three blocks, and three digs. BYU travels to UCLA this Friday and Saturday for the final two matches of the regular season. Congratulations to Cameron Bates and Connor Mance of BYU men's track and field who both break school records at the Haywood premiere in Eugene, Oregon. Bates threw the javelin 77.17 meters, a little over 253 feet, breaking a 35-year-old record, qualifies him to compete at the Olympic trials. How cool is that? Connor Mance, he's already the fastest man in cross country in the last year, ran a 13-minute, 24-second, and 7,800s, 5,000 meters to pass Josh Rohatinsky's 2007 record. Mance's an All-American and then some, that's for sure. His first race since winning the aforementioned national title in the cross-country championships last month. Number 12, gymnastics, earning a 196.350 at NCAA Regionals as their season came to a close. Ohio State pulled off the upset with their highest score of the season. They will now advance to take on Cal. An unbelievable. And I, I mean, I was crushed for the gymnastics team. They had such a fantastic season. They just, Ohio State picked the perfect day to have yep. their best performance of the season. That's right. But what a, what a great season from BYU Gymnastics. BYU Baseball avoids the sweep, Jason. Hey, they beat Santa Clara. It was because of you. Thank you. Thank you. It was not because of me. <laughs> uh, they have they have all the credit, by the way. <laughs> you showed up just in time for BYU to get I did get, get to see a win, yes. The losing yes. schneid. Uh, Three-game series against Portland opens this week at Miller Park. BYU's 5-4 and four in conference play. Jason, they need a sweep in the worst way. At, le- at, the, at the minimum, a series win against Portland. Absolutely. An opportunity at home, uh, certainly. Number 17, women's soccer left Moraga, California with a 1-1 draw in double overtime against St. Mary's. Now, the Cougars trailed late, but Cameron Tucker scored the equalizer in the 86th minute BYU back on the road. They will be at Pepperdine this Saturday. That match can be heard on BYU Radio. Huge match for the Cougars. They're holding on to hopes of some type of tie atop the West Coast Conference. Men's and women's tennis both defeat Gonzaga. The women's team picked up win number nine at home, beating the Zags 6-1. to The men's team won 4-2. to The men are 4-0 and in WCC play. Both teams will play San Diego this Saturday. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The ascension of Zach Wilson. Remind me, Jason, how many downs of NFL football has Zach Wilson played at this point? Let's see. If you count, zero. Yet... Here we are discussing the following question. (laughs) Is Zach Wilson 
with all of the media entourage and buildup leading up to the 2021 draft and the likely fact that he's going to be the highest draft pick in BYU football history, an incredibly storied program, is Zach Wilson already the most beloved current BYU pro athlete. Okay, I think the most important word in that question is the word current. Okay. So that's what I'm going to focus on. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. He is the most beloved current BYU player. The only other people that I would put in that uh, that situation as current beloved players, I would put Jimmer and I would put Taysom. Mm -hmm. I think those are the two biggest current. Look, and some may say even Jimmer may not be there anymore. Like I certainly believe he is. He's still a pro athlete. Absolutely. Some people may zero 100% in on Taysom as kind of the most beloved guy. But I put both of them in there in that current situation. But currently, there is nothing bigger at BYU than Zach Wilson. His name is mentioned on every sports radio show. His name is mentioned on every ESPN broadcast. His name is mentioned on the NFL Network every single day. <laughs> He's argued about it. And every I am day. not exaggerating. What that is not hyperbole. No, that is legitimately happening every single day. They are talking about Zach Wilson. They are talking about BYU, and they are showing highlights of BYU football games. There is nobody currently bigger and mm. gaining and garnering more attention from BYU Sports Nation. Now, I'm just not talking about just this show, but those that watch. Oh, interesting you term it that way. They are all focusing on Zach Wilson. So right now, there is, he is the most beloved current BYU player. I would like to congratulate you for not going to your default Kansas City Chiefs, Daniel Sorensen, and somehow tying it back to maybe Andy Reid, even though he's not an athlete, but... Look, Once was. you know what's in my heart, okay? <laughs> All right? No, I'm congratulating yes. you on expanding your horizons. Yes, but look, I can't, I can't, you can't beat what is happening for Zach Wilson right no. now. You can't top that right now. You went to your favorite restaurant and decided not to order your favorite dish, Jason. Chicken how fingers. Does, how does it feel <laughs> to try something new? Isn't I, it great? No, it's not. <laughs> then you risk not liking it. And then you have to pay for it. <laughs> I believe there are a few different paradigms that we need to discuss here as Zach Wilson is being discussed as the most beloved current BYU pro athlete. Within the national spectrum right now, currently, yes, Zach Wilson is the most publicized, the most talked about, but I don't know that he's the most beloved. Does, does attention and notoriety... And fame mean that you are beloved. I don't know that Zach Wilson has earned the right yet because he hasn't played a snap in the professional realm. But I agree with you. He is most most certainly talked about more so than any other BYU athlete currently. I mean, it would take Jimmer Fredette coming back to the NBA and starting for a team to get on the level of discussion that Zach Wilson is enjoying right now. Within the BYU Sports Nation community, just BYU fans alone, I don't think Zach has achieved that level either. Again, most talked about, most exciting, most discussed. But I feel like Jimmer Fredette is still that guy, like beloved figure. Taysom Hill's there. An off-the-radar one is Jamal Williams, Jason. Jamal Williams, because of who he is as a person. And he's always repping the Y. Yes. People 
love Jamal Williams. He fits the mold of beloved more than Zach Wilson just because of who he is and how he represents the Y. And he's been in the league now for four years. And he's still, every time he does an interview, it feels like he has a piece of BYU swag on. So you're focusing more on the word beloved. Yes. I'm focusing more on the word current. current. Correct. So Zach Wilson is, I mean, Zach Wilson's an all, hit an all-time season. Yes. I love Zach. He's a great kid. We need to give him some more time before we term him the most beloved. And I feel like even in the national media, Jimmer Fredette, whenever he does something, what happens? It blows up on social yeah. media. Oh, there's in no question. China, yeah. he goes for 70. Sports Center's talking about it because it's Jimmer. Yeah. I, I just think there is so much out there with Zach right now that nobody's thinking about anybody else but Zach. It feels that way. So, uh, that's just uh, – look, and the next time B- – the likelihood that BYU is going to have another number two pick in the near future is very unlikely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> will, will, have we already reached the pinnacle? <laughs> is, is it going to be any better than this? All right, let's uh, move on to topic number two. As I'm sure we don't need to remind you, we talked about this a second ago, Gonzaga playing for a national championship tonight against the Baylor Bears. But how do you feel about that, Spencer? Are you cheering for Gonzaga tonight? Unequivocally, 100%, yes. I am all in on the Zag train. Let's go, man. We're talking about history here, Jason. The first team in 45 years to go undefeated end-to-end if Gonzaga can win tonight. This is historic. The last team to do it was Indiana. Do you really want Bobby Knight to be the last guy that's done this, Jason? Come on, you're a Midwest guy. Look, he was just misunderstood. (laughs) (laughs) You want Mark Few to be the last guy to do it? You want Bobby Knight? Do you want Mark Few to do his handstand after winning a national championship? Or Bobby Knight to throw a chair across the locker room because he's still mad about something? I kid. I actually respect Bobby Knight, and I think he's a fantastic basketball coach. But I'm all in on history. This is The Zags have never won a championship. They've never experienced it. They've been so close. But and why does Okay. Oh, I'll let you finish. I'm very passionate about this. I'm I'm all in on the Zag train, man. I even texted my guy Barry Henderson, Barrett, uh who's the sports information director for Gonzaga men's basketball. Saw him with Mark Few, his arm wrapped around him on the court, and I was like, "Oh, it's so cool. This is amazing. They're going to do it." They got a shot to do something spectacular, and they exercised the demons of Adam Morrison against UCLA, and Adam Morrison tweeted out to the game, take that, UCLA. Those are tears of joy this time, because Morrison, for so long, has been remembered as the guy that was crying after Gonzaga blew a big lead against the Bruins. Just everything was so cool. The buildup has been incredible. We're talking about history, man. Are you not in on this? I'm not. What? I am not. Okay, let, let me explain. Because this is where, and this happens a lot in my life. <laughs> There's the two sides of me. Okay. There's the logical side mm-hmm. that you understand. This is good for the conference. Mm-hmm. This is good for BYU because you played this team. More money. More, more money comes in. The yeah. further they go, the more money they earn, the more money then gets dispersed among other teams within the conference. Okay. I get all that. Okay. I so? get all of that. However, oh, this team destroys other schools in this conference. Isn't it and amazing? The teams turn around and gush about them. That drives me nuts. They didn't destroy BYU. It, that's, it doesn't matter to me. I look, and maybe this is the get off my lawn comment, <laughs> but if you beat me, I don't want you to succeed. Okay? 
that is how I, that's how I was raised. Like, I'm sorry. It's almost like they're the bully that beats you up and takes your milk money, and then you thank them for doing it. <laughs> no, I want Baylor to win this game tonight. But they don't act that way. They, they I, might I do take- not understand the overwhelming love we don't do this with St. Mary's. Why do we do it with Gonzaga? Because St. Mary's has, there are several rivalry moments. Like, there's this bad blood Look, there, man. I, 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 w- once a team beats me, I don't want them to win. I'm sorry. That's just how I was okay. raised. Gonzaga's the team. Gonzaga's the team, Jason, as we move to our question of the day, that will maybe take your milk money, but then they'll take you out for a drink after. With they'll, your milk money! Yeah, they'll still buy you something <laughs> with it. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just can't. Okay, we go back to the beloved conversation. Clearly, Gonzaga is not beloved in the mind of Jason <laughs> Shepard. I do not understand the love fest. I don't get it, but that's just Man, me. you're on an island there. Woo! Who's going to join Shep? <laughs> Who is the most beloved current BYU professional athlete? Is it Zach Wilson without even playing a down? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Clark Barnison on Twitter says, The Lonely Master, Jimmer Fredette, all of China thinks he is godlike, and most of America still has a man crush on him. Hashtag BYUSN. What's the line from Mulan? Now all of China will honor you as a hero. When they're coming back into the city. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. By the way, (laughs) Donny Osmond was in the lobby a few days ago, had a 10-minute conversation with them. It was awesome. Did he mention me? I, he did not mention you. He liked one of my tweets I'm, one time. I'm I thought we were on BFFs. I'm working on that angle to get him on the show as a celebrity guest. That would be awesome. Okay. All right. Coming up, is Matt Harms return the missing piece to the puzzle Ooh. for next year's BYU basketball team? Plus, BYU wide receivers coach Festi Sitake joins us to discuss the brothers Nakua and the impact they're going to have on the pass-catching situation at BYU football. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYUSN right now, a QB doubling as an equipment staff member. And is Kiki joining the One More Year for Matt Harms movement? The latest episodes drop today on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I thought I was the host of BYU Sports Nation right now because the last episode introduced me as the host. I don't know. You may have to take that up with Kiki. We'll discuss. <laughs> Maybe she was playing an April Fool's joke on me in that regard. There you go. Thanks, Kiki, for making me feel really important. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is BYU wide receivers coach, big part of their passing game success, Fessy Satake. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Always good to be with you. Hey, we're doing well. We were just discussing Gonzaga and Baylor tonight in the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. I know we're going to talk a ton of football, but I got to get your opinion. Are you all in on the Zags, or are you pulling for Baylor tonight? All in, completely all in on Gonzaga. Yes. So. Jason, see, I told you oh, you were on I an island. I realized this was not going to be a popular opinion. <laughs> I get it. But I've got to, as you know, as the kids like to say, you got to keep it real, right? Okay. So I'm just being honest. Hey, well, let's, yeah. let's, that, let's, let's oh, go ahead, Fess. No, I was going to say that the three biggest reasons are geographically, right? They're, they're, they're uh, more of our neighbors. So you got to, got to love your neighbors. Um, 
it enhances BYU's, uh, you know, standing, I feel. Uh, and then uh, the other reason why is it's, it's, uh, it's my bracket. I picked them, oh. right? I didn't put any money on it. I think the I truth has come out. I didn't put out. any money. Yeah. yeah. Fessy, That's you the buried the lead. You made the lead the third reason why. That's why. Yeah, that, that reason is a lot of people are yeah. pulling for Gonzaga tonight, let's be honest. So you haven't posted a recent workout picture, uh, at least that we've seen on social media. Are you still on the Hinkley-Rapati workout regimen? I am, uh, believe it or not. You know, I, I, uh, We're showing it on TV yeah, right now. There, there we go. go. There we go. Yeah, I've changed my filters now to, to like shrink me down a little bit so I fit in with you two, but uh, I still look like that, so... <laughs> You look fantastic, man. We got to get on that workout plan for sure. Uh, I can't Let me be- know whenever. All right, all right. I can't believe that spring football is already. It's been such a crazy spring with the additional sports being added to the schedule because of COVID. But spring football has now come and gone, and uh, you're on vacation. In fact, you're hanging out with us on one of your vacation days. Sorry about that. Uh, but as you look back on things and think about it, how would you evaluate the entirety of BYU spring football? Um. Progress is the word that comes to mind. We had a we had a ton of progress that was made. Obviously, you know everyone close to the program knows the um, production that we lost, um, and obviously we knew that as a, as a program. And so it was a fun challenge. We knew stepping into to practice one that um, it was competition right away, and and it was going to be a matter of who steps up and fills roles and and showcases you know their their uh, potential you know, ability to fill in on those roles. And at, by the end of spring ball practice 15, you know, we thought we had a good gauge of guys who are really starting to develop. And there was a lot of healthy competition. Um, we made it out healthy for the most part, um, which is which is really what you want in spring as well. So it was re- really um, a lot of progress I thought we made this spring. The quarterback situation is obviously something everybody pays attention to. And I, I guess my question is, is the offense going to change? Does the offense change depending on whoever ultimately starts at quarterback? Or, or do they all fit into the same scheme depending on how this all plays out? Yeah, you know, we have a, we have a system that, um, you know, really will cater to, to, to any, any uh, personnel group, um, including the quarterbacks. You know, we recruit to a certain skill set, um, and so there's that we have we have enough in our offense to where it really doesn't matter whoever wins that job. Um, you know, we, we might cater little things here and there um, on a weekly basis, but the overall core of the playbook won't be need to be adjusted at all, depending who that quarterback um, spot goes to. Well, let's talk about each of the three most likely candidates, at least as far as we know, to start for BYU. And I just want you to tell me uh, the thing that stands out about each of these kids. The first thing that pops into your mind. So let's start with Baylor Romney. What comes to mind when I say Baylor Romney? Um, just very, very level-headed, uh, even kill guy. He's, he's never going to be too high or too low. Um, he's, he's a proven guy in, in, uh, in terms of playing valuable games here, um, you know, and leading us to victory. And so that's what I would say. Just, just very level-headed, um, and and a proven guy okay now let's go with jacob conover jacob um super hungry very driven very motivated um he's he just i think he'd love i mean all the quarterbacks love football but but um you know when i think about jacob 
this is a guy that just eat, breathes, and sleeps football and is just very excited and anxious to, to improve and get better. Okay, and finally, Jaron Hall. Jaron, uh, stud athlete, um, very uh, underrated thrower because his ability to move um, is so exciting. And so he's an all-around guy. Um, you know, obviously, we just got to gotta keep working with the you know, hoping that the health is, is there. But, man, this guy's exciting, electric, dynamic player. Back to maybe a big-picture spring football question. I'm sure you went in with some questions. Did you get any answers in spring ball, or, or is, is it still too early? Do most of the answers come in fall? Not, I'm not specifically talking about quarterbacks. I'm just talking in general. Did you get any questions answered that you had going into spring? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, a lot of the major questions looking at the overall offense was just how much of an oil, uh, well-oiled machine can we have, you know, with, with the production that we lost. And man, it, when you think about Brady Christensen um, and our O-line situation, obviously Zach at quarterback and then Dax at receiver, um, you know, you, you automatically have those questions like who's going to fill those voids. And so as an offensive staff, we're looking at that same thing. And we thought a lot of guys surfaced and really, really um, responded to that challenge and that opportunity. Granted, there's still a ton of room um, to grow, and that's what this offseason's for and, and uh, the, the four weeks we'll have in fall camp. But, but I, I thought we had a lot of questions answered. BYU passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach Fessy Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation. You want to know how to replace Dax Milne? Well, starting with the brothers Nakua is a pretty good place to begin with Samson and Puka coming in. What kind of an impact do you expect those guys to make in year number one of them joining BYU football? I expect them to have a, have a, um, a big impact. You know, that they, uh, they're aware and so is the rest of the group. Um, they got to come in and, and, and prove themselves. Um, obviously, they've, they've been able to prove themselves uh, at their – the previous programs they were at. Um, but every season brings on new opportunities, new challenges. And so we're really excited for, for what they've done in the past and what they're going to bring in terms of their leadership, their skill set. Um, but according to what they've done up to this point, I'm, I'm, I expect a good impact from them, and um, I'm just excited for the competition. What does each player individually bring to this offense? Of those two? Of those saying? two, yeah. Yeah, Samson is just obviously has a, is is more seasoned, and um, you know I was able to to watch him obviously just just at his time there at Utah. And he's a very um, polished, physical receiver. He brings a mentality to the group that just continues to to enhance um, you know the the physicality, the mindset, the toughness. Um, and he's really, really he, he's produced a ton. He's a, he's a proven um, player at 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 a at that level, and so um, he brings a lot of experience. You know, Puka um, in the one year he had showcased his ability to be such an explosive um, player, and I think that's what he brings an, an added element of a guy that can stretch the field, that can go up, make plays, uh, high point balls at any spot in the field. Uh, he also brings toughness. You know that the Nakua bloodline; those guys physical they love football and so each one of those two will bring their own element of that but um you know like i said it just adds to what we already have within this group and it's going to be fun to watch these guys compete let's discuss the eligibility factor now with puka and samson i know there's been some question as to how many years they'll have at byu when they'll both be available so what's the update in those regard regards i should say yeah 
yeah, Samson coming in as graduate transfer, um, one year, uh, to, to kind of do his deal, get us going on his masters and, um, obviously play football with that year. Um, Puka is kind of just, it's, it's contingent on some things. Uh, we're waiting for the NCAA to, to, you know, pass, pass an exception, um, that would allow immediate eligibility. And, um, if that doesn't happen, you know, obviously we got to go to, to plan B there. And so, you know, there's still a couple questions to be answered and, and a lot of that timetable is out of our control, but we're on it and understand the things we're, uh, we're up against to get them right away or, um, you know, to maybe have to hold. And so, uh, we'll, we'll for sure keep you guys updated on that. You know, Fessy, you talked about this at the beginning of the interview, but when you look at, at all of the production that left, it really is amazing when you look at the production that's still here or coming into the program, whether it's the wide receivers, whether it's the tight end position. I mean, the passing game, this is a good problem to have in terms of trying to find reps for all these guys, isn't it? It is. It really is. Like, you know, you think about um, you know, the tight ends where we're getting – a guy in Dallin Holkerback, who's a proven guy and who had a great campaign as a, as a true freshman. Um, and our offense is, I think, even more suitable to a guy like him now. And so you, you look at that and you obviously look at the brothers, um, the Nakua brothers coming in to, to replace potentially those 70 catches, 1200 yards that, that Dax had. And you got Chase Roberts, who's not a proven guy, but um, obviously has a really high ceiling. And then all the guys we currently have um, on this roster, like, there's, there's definitely a lot, a lot there that we can work with, um, and we're excited for that. So though we have lost a lot of production, we feel we, we got a ton of guys on deck re- ready to roll. Fessy, you've been in the program now for a few years and have had some you know, significant recruiting campaigns. I'm interested to find out what the difference is based on going 11-1 and last year, having Zach Wilson, Dax Mill, Brady Christensen, among others. What kind of an impact has that made on – the perception and the recruiting within BYU football right now, just that one season. That, I mean, winning is winning is so much of, of uh, someone's decision. And the nice thing is, is you can sit in someone's living room or talk on the phone or talk to parents and talk about your culture and all the great things that any university has to bring. But if you don't win, those things can be pretty, pretty clouded and get bogged down. When you win, all those truths surface and they stick a little bit more. And so we have a strong culture here of love and learning that Kalani's implemented. And players just love being around here and, and love each other. We've got great relationships. It's just such a fun, fun team to be around, as close as I've ever been. And so that message is clearer now. Um, and we can say that a huge part of what we're doing is is because of that. And and that's that's the truth. And so that 11 in one season is huge. Um, it, it showcases our players um, and, and shows that we can bring in high level talent. If you have goals to play in the NFL, you can do that here. No, no, no uh, pr- question. The proof is there, but we also have a lot of values and things that, you know, guys are going to grow here um, from. And so a season like that allows that exposure and allows us to push those messages um, and they stick more. Bessie, we so much appreciate the time during your vacation days. Look forward to what you and Aaron Roderick are going to be doing in the next campaign of BYU football. Good luck with your bracket tonight, and we'll look forward to the Hinkler Rapati workout plan that you're sending our way. <laughs> got you guys. Appreciate you guys for having me on. You got it. Thanks, Bessie Sitake, passing game coordinator, 
and wide receivers coach for BYU football on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, Heather Olmstead on facing either Ryder or UCLA in the postseason. And be honest with us. Are you annoyed every time Notre Dame makes a scheduling announcement and it doesn't involve BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU softball hosting Utah State tomorrow. You can watch the game live 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, Spencer, Matt Harms posted over the weekend that he received a puzzle from head coach Mark Pope, and then he posted on his Instagram, speaking of Matt Harms, quote, weighing my options, end quote. What's the chance Harms does return to BYU next year? Matt Harms wears number three, so I'm going to go with 3%, Jason. (laughs) Okay. The door is cracked open just a little bit. But the recruiting job that Mark Pope has to do to get Matt Harms to come back is a huge uphill climb. Yeah, I certainly do not expect him to return, but I thought that was a a dead issue. The fact that he even said weighing my options, how how serious it is, I don't know. But the fact that it's even there is more than what I thought. Yeah, Because I didn't think there was any chance. So, I mean, look, there's a chance. Maybe we're underselling it. Yeah, Yeah, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. Notre Dame and USF football announced their scheduling of future games in 2029 and 2031. Rejoice! <laughs> Jason, are you annoyed anytime the Irish announce a new football game on their schedules and it doesn't include BYU? Yes! BYU is never getting that, that return trip to Provo. It's just as like, who can we schedule that isn't BYU? I believe that's how every Notre Dame scheduling meeting begins. Yes, I'm annoyed. <laughs> when are we doing this? <laughs> Come on, man! Let's go! Who wouldn't be annoyed, right? All right, Spencer. Will we see a BYU track and field athlete in the Tokyo Olympics? Maybe. I would love to say yes, but it's so soon. Right. It feels so soon. Like, I want to give them more time to develop and maybe get to the next Olympic Games in 2024. But maybe Connor Mansis is on this crazy path. Maybe he's going to run the marathon. I don't know. Yeah, I will say yes. Do I know? Of course not. But I will say yes. Let's send out some good mojo. We're talking current athletes right here now. Because Jared Ward's going to be there in the marathon. Yes. But he's a professor. He's a former athlete. (laughs) He's a (laughs) has-been. He said that, not me. I love Jared, man. He's anything but a has-been. All right, coming up. Rise and shout-outs to a milestone moment for a BYU coach. Plus, BYU women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead on what she thinks about the Cougars seeding. Number 16. Is it going to be another Sweet 16? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archived content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. Right now, you can watch all of our Zach Wilson interviews on the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel on his path to the NFL draft. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We now join our second guest of the day on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. She is the head coach of BYU Women's Volleyball, headed back to the NCAA tournament as the number 16 seed Heather Olmstead. Coach, congratulations on another WCC championship, first and foremost, and on another trip to the NCAA tournament. Thanks very much. We appreciate it and happy to be here. 
Okay, um, maybe I buried the lead here uh, by not asking this first and foremost, but how much do you miss being interviewed by Jason Shepard in the middle of a match? <laughs> it she is kind of weird. Um, it's super weird. I sometimes look around, and I got used to it after a while, but uh, definitely miss the in-match interviews. Kind of a little grateful, too, but hopefully we bring it back after COVID. <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back, Heather. And I appreciate, I appreciate your honesty as well. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to do your job and then have to step out and do interviews. I yes. get it for sure. Okay, uh, let's start with uh, the fresh news for BYU Volleyball. Uh, again, number 16 seed. What were your emotions when you found out that the Cougars were the number 16 seed and facing either Ryder or UCLA in the second round? Yeah, it was, it was exciting. It was um, interesting because you see the, the 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 seeds start to pop up and you're thinking, okay, are we going to get a top 16 seed or are we not? And then when 16 was the last one left and our name popped up, uh, I was happy for the team, happy for the group, uh, for the program, and it was just an exciting moment to be together and get to celebrate that. You obviously will get the buy, so you get to see the two teams that that play each other that you will face the winner of. Ryder, UCLA, how, how do you feel about each matchup? How, how do you match up against each team? Yeah, I think uh, as we'll dive into it a little bit more this week, don't know a ton about Ryder. We'll have to look into to them and what they've done this season. I uh, know a little bit more about UCLA just from watching more of their matches throughout the year, but I, I like whoever we're playing, we're going to, we're going to be ourselves. We're going to play BYU volleyball. So nothing's going to change on our end. We are who we are. So we're looking to just get better this week, keep working on uh, honing our crafts in the gym and, and play our very best next week uh, against whoever wins that first match. What's the timetable for your entry into the tournament bubble in Omaha, Nebraska, in that isolated location? Yeah, it's uh, Monday. We'll take off Uh, the teams that play, uh, first round will leave Sunday. Teams that play second round will leave Monday. It's uh, they're calling it a controlled environment. It's not a bubble, uh, but we all we are all in Omaha, and so it's for us. It's no different than the way we've really been going about this whole season. It's a controlled environment as best we can, and trying to stay safe and healthy heading into the tournament. So I think it's going to be exciting. I realize that, you know, everybody's had to deal with this on some level, but with such an unusual season, how rewarding does it feel to be back in this situation having gone through the last couple of months? Yeah, extremely rewarding for the players and what they've been through. And looking back to June, I want to send a huge thank you out to our administration, Tom Hommel, Brian Santiago, president, vice president, President Worthen, that got our athletes back on campus. They, they made a push to get us back in June, July, uh, not knowing if we were going to play in the fall. We were obviously preparing to play in the fall, and they made a huge push. And so to see us um, you know, get our, our season pushed back and postponed and work through the fall, it, it's extremely rewarding because I know what these players have gone through and uh, the ups and downs that we've experienced, the, the trials and tribulations. And so I'm happy for our players. They stayed the course. They stuck with the plan. And they were resilient and they played well. We just, we keep getting better. Um, and it's really exciting to see because I think our chemistry is good. Our, our players enjoy being around each other and you need to, it's important, right? With this in- controlled environment where you're pretty isolated uh, on road trips. And even when you're home, asking them to be as safe as they can. So it's very rewarding after a, a really tough year. 
BYU women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead with us on BYU Sports Nation. You may have already just answered this uh, because of the unique circumstances you went through, but how else does this conference championship uh, measure up to the other ones you've won? Everyone is great, but how does this one uh, measure up to the others? Yeah, this one's special, not only because – you know, we didn't win the conference in 19. So our goal was to to get back to that spot of winning the conference. Uh, that makes it special. But then to do it when you didn't get voted preseason favorite, no one's really talking about you. I think all those things play into it, being a little bit of the underdog, um, not really knowing what was going to happen with COVID and people stepping into different roles and positions and, and that happening on our team in season where we had, you know, people playing in certain spots and having to move around because of certain things. So definitely special for this group. Um, I know it's, it's, a, it's a moment last week we'll never forget, and they'll always have that tied to their name to be West Coast Conference champs uh, during this 2020-21 season. What does it mean for the program that as of right now, everybody's planning on being back next year? And, and can that have an effect on this postseason run as well? Yeah, I don't, nobody's really focused on that. That's exciting for the future. I think we're just staying in the present. We're focused on what we got going on right now with this group and the, the, the mojos that we have going. So we're focused on this team and what we can do. And really today on practice, how we can get better and tomorrow and the next day, just living in the present as much as we can just to get better, at, you know, heading into that, that match for us next week. And Next year will be next year, and we'll figure that out when it comes. It's exciting to think about the future, the recruits that we have, the people that we're adding to our program. The future is definitely you know, bright, but trying to stay in the present as much as we can. Kennedy Eschenberg was just named the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Week for a third consecutive week. And I know you like to focus on team aspects, but it's hard not to focus on the individual when she's receiving this honor again. What kind of presence does she bring to the middle of the floor for you? Yeah, she's uh, Kennedy. I'm so happy for her third week in a row. I just keep telling her that she's in beast mode and she's just turned it up a notch. And what she's gone through this season and the adversity she's had with an injury, she just keeps getting better and better. And she's wanting to learn and wanting to get feedback from her coaches and her teammates. And so, yeah, she's she's in beast mode heading into the tournament. We're, we're happy for her and for the team and, and everyone yeah, contributes to these weekly awards and um, but she's, she's pretty special. We're, uh, she's, she's leading this group, so it's exciting for her and for our program. Coach, regardless of the sport, everybody talks about going into the postseason. It's, it's a different game. You know, it's the same game, but it's different because it's the postseason. In terms of volleyball, where do you see that from, from regular season volleyball to postseason? Where, where do things change the most in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it's a one-and-done tournament. So if you if you win, you move on. If you lose, you're out. And I think that's the biggest change is that, um, you know, there's a finality to it, and only one team, you know, ends up winning at the end. So we want to see how, how far this group can go, and we want to win as many, many matches as we can in the NCAA tournament. So that's the biggest thing. The pressure's different. Uh, we've got kids on this team, freshmen, that haven't ever played in the NCAA tournament match and haven't been and haven't experienced it. Not only that, now this experience is different as, as opposed to maybe hosting a couple or going to a school, you're, you're playing in one location and on neutral court, which I think is exciting. It's different. It's, it's something that everyone's going to have to adapt to, not just the freshmen. Um, but it's definitely it's exciting. It's fun. Um, we're looking forward to, to going to Omaha and seeing how the NCAA puts on a good show. 
Coach, you just touched on the dynamic of this team with you know a few experienced veterans, Kennedy Eschenberg, Taylor Ballard-Nixon, among others, and then you've got some really rising, budding young stars like Maddie Allen. I mean, Whitney Bauer, I guess you could consider still a young player because she's only a sophomore. But where do you feel like the young players have improved the most over the course of this season? Yeah, you know, volleyball-wise, I think we've, we've definitely improved in our serve and pass game, which has really helped us offensively. I think we've developed into a team that has multiple weapons where we have people that can score in different spots, and, and that helps us. Um, when maybe someone's struggling on one day, we can go to another person. But when we're all on, it's we're pretty dangerous, I think. And then not only that, but I'd say off the court, just maturity. We've asked them to kind of mature a little bit. And obviously this year with the, the pandemic and COVID has, has helped us accelerate the maturation process. But their, yeah, their ability to handle and process information and, and be a little bit more mature, I've seen that over the year. Um, not on the court, just the serve and pass offense continuing to get better every day. How much fun is this right now? I mean, this is what you guys play for to go. And I know that this this program does this every year. But how much fun is this to be at this point of the season and know what is possible for this team? Yeah, it's different this year because of things getting taken away and not knowing the future and not knowing if you're going to play. I think people could see that when we won the conference last week and were able to, to enjoy each other and cut down the nets and be at home and celebrate winning a championship it, it just feels sweeter because of the adversity that everybody's been through and the the unknown and the uncertainty and that's really what's uncomfortable is not knowing what's going to happen and I think our team has handled it really really well and so it, it is a ton of fun and we're that's what our goal is just to have fun this week and get better looking forward to Omaha we have some fun things planned uh, even if we have to be in our rooms we've learned from women's and men's <laughs> basketball that have just been in the tournament the things that we can do to create fun um, connections with each other. So we're looking forward to implementing those in Omaha next week and having as much fun as we can, even though we'll be a little bit separated in some separate rooms, but we're going to, we're going to make it a, a big old party in Omaha. Well, Hey, look, and I coach, I've got some good news for you. Speaking of fun in Omaha, uh, because we all expect this team to continue to advance. I'm going to be in Omaha next week with BYU baseball. So if you just happen to want to do an interview, I'm going to be in town. So we got some tickets for you. Come on. We got some tickets for you. All right. Yes, chef. Let's do this. Hey coach. uh, We appreciate the time. Congratulations again on a fantastic season. And I'd be lying if I said, I didn't kind of hope for you to play UCLA so that you can bring some vengeance for what happened against men's basketball. So if you're cool with that, let's do it. Thank you guys. We, we appreciate your support. We're excited. You got it. Heather Olmstead on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show up. Oh, wait a minute. You want a team that beat BYU to lose because they beat BYU? <laughs> that is ludicrous. It is crazy. It's, di- it's different. <laughs> it is not different. It is different. <laughs> not. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, like, you had the same scenario for both Gonzaga and UCLA in men's basketball. Both of those teams beat BYU. One look, of them knocked either, the BYU out of the tournament. Either one. Either way, I was happy. Really? Yeah, not really. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Like, it's a no. lose-lose, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And oh man. All right. Coming up in uh, our rising shout outs, an impressive <laughs> sweep, and a career coaching milestone in softball. Let's just keep breaking records, okay? <laughs> we'll discuss next during the rising shout outs on BYU Sports Nation. Get off my lawn. BYU Sports Nation's rising shout out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. 
BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Another energetic, fun Monday version of BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day to start out the week. Who's the most beloved current BYU professional athlete and why? And this is based on tweets we're seeing about Zach Wilson, obviously. Taysom Hill's getting some love from uh, Bleach Report and the NFL. And uh, Jimmer's always Jimmer, right? <laughs> so at Justin Pullman says... Jamal Williams, man, he always has a smile on his face, dancing and enjoying himself. He reps BYU all the time and makes me want to dance when he's playing. Jamal Williams is like the off the radar answer. I get it. I I 100% I'm totally okay with this. I'm okay with it, too. At Mean Uncle Dave tweets, who hurt Jason so he feels this way towards Gonzaga? What? Off topic, but who hurt you? Nobody hurt me. Well, Gonzaga hurt me. They hurt everybody in this league. (laughs) Why does everybody want them to win? More so than UCLA did in eliminating And they lost, and I was cool with it. (laughs) (laughs) Why does everybody want Gonzaga to win? And his his Twitter handle is Mean Uncle Dave. Be mean to the Zags. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Allison Cap on Twitter. Dennis Pitta is the most beloved athlete. I'm counting his recent foray into professional broadcasting. This, if Jerem Jordan were here today, would set him off more than anything else ever on this show. <laughs> Somewhere he, where he's at right now, He's his like he knows something his, is his just eyes twitching. There's been a disturbance in the force in Jerem's life because of that. <laughs> because of a Dennis Pitta tweet. Pro Dennis Pitta. Today's rise uh, and shout outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Jason, I'd like to give uh, a few sh- rise and shout outs uh, first to Gordon Eakin. 700 wins as a softball coach. The ladies swept number yeah. 25 Baylor. That was awesome. Yeah, great weekend all the way around. You get the sweep and 700 career wins. Unbelievable. All right, and track and field, doing some great things as well. Setting records, you know? I mean, Connor Mance is the man. It's what it's what BYU track and field does. Holy cow. Our thanks to today's guest, Fessy Satake and Heather Olmsted of BYU Women's Volleyball. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Tavita Ofehengawe. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go Cougs.